Father, we thank you for the prayers that have been prayed, the songs that have been sung, an opportunity to worship you through giving. We just want to thank you for this opportunity to look into your word, and we ask that as we look into your word, that it will fall upon the good soil of our heart and grow and become like a mighty oak next to the living waters. And Father, that our minds will be changed, renewed, and that we will focus on giving you glory in all things. We thank you and we honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 We are in episode number three of our series called Neighborhood Watch. Episode number three. And in episode number three, we're going to talk about the church in Acts. They had to completely revolutionize their way of thinking. They had to widen the scope of to allow all in their gospel message. And Christ often works in ways we do not understand or even agree with. But his plan is always best. Now, again, this is the third episode. And if you remember, the first episode was from the start. Then the next episode was we talked about who is that when we were talking about who is your neighbor. And this episode, episode number three, our subtitle is Get Your Mind Right. Get your mind right. Get your mind right. Our definitions for this week are neighborhood, the area or region around or near some place or thing, vicinity, nearness, or proximity. Watch. Watch is to close, continuous observation for the purpose of seeing or discovering something. So thus, we have neighborhood watch. So a neighborhood is a place where a bunch of neighbors gather together. You know, a lot of times we like to, especially in the South, we like to cut off words. So we now call it just the hood, right? We just drop neighbor. We just call it the hood. But it's an area where people gather together, and watching is being observant. And as we have gone through this series, we see that from the beginning that God had designated us to operate in helping one another. All right? Let's look at Acts the 10th chapter. Now, I want to tell you that the story that I'm getting ready to talk about today covers Acts the 10th chapter, the first through the 11th chapter, the 30th verses. So instead of me reading all 70 verses to you today, I'm just going to pull out some excerpts, and then we're going to jump in. Is that okay? Acts 10, this is going to be a long reading, but I have to do it in order for us to set the precedence. Acts the 10th chapter, starting at the first verse. Acts the 10th chapter, starting at the first verse, says this in the English Standard Version. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort. A devout man who feared God with all his household gave alms generously to the people and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, 
he saw clearly in the vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your arms have ascended as a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon who is called Peter. He is lodged with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. And having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the sixth hour to pray. And he became hungry and wanted something to eat, but while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance. And saw, heavens, and saw the heavens opened, and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there was a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and the thing was taken up at once to heaven. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed as to what the vision that he had seen might mean, might mean behold, the men who were sent by Cornelius, having made inquiry for Simon's house, stood at the gate and called out to ask whether Simon, who was called Peter, was lodging there. And, Peter, and while Peter was pondering the vision, the spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. Now we're going to jump over to Acts 11, starting at the first verse. And it says this. Now the apostles and brothers who were throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, You went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter began and explained it to them in order. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, something like a great sheep descending, being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to me. Looking at it closely, I observed animals and beasts of prey and reptiles and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, By no means. Lord, for nothing common or unclean has entered my mouth. But the voice answered a second time from heaven, What God has made clean do not call common. This happened three times, and all was drawn up again into heaven. And behold, at that moment, three men arrived at the house in which we were sent to me from Caesarea. Now, we went through all that just to get to this point. Father, we ask, thank you for your word. We ask that you'll bless it and it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts in Jesus' name. We have gotten to this point that we see or have heard of this story about Cornelius. But the one thing that we have to remember about Cornelius is that Cornelius was not Jewish. Cornelius was a Roman soldier in charge of a bunch of soldiers. And so, when we go through transitions, we all go through transitions. And when we're going through transitions, sometimes those transitions can make us feel like we don't know what's going on. It may, it may appear to us that the fact that I'm going through this transition 
What did I do wrong? We start, we start praying, Lord, what did I do? What, how did I mess up? Why? Sometimes transition may appear to be like things have gone crazy. Things have gone, uh, uh, the word keeps going through my mind, so I'm going to keep saying hickly-pickly. And then, you know, all up and down, crossword, and y'all from the South know hickly-pickly. So anyway, <clears throat> So what we find in Acts, the 10th chapter, is that there's a massive change in how God wants to do business. Now, we under, now uh, uh, let me just say this. Y'all know that Jesus was Jewish. Y'all know that Jesus talked to the Jews. You know, Jesus said that he had came for the Jews. And now, the Jews was like, we are God's chosen people. Salvation has come to us. God's people, so it is all about us. But in the big scheme of things, God has decided, let me go ahead and cause a transition. Now, Peter, who was considered one of the heads of the churches, and he also, if you look through the Bible, you will realize that Peter had, had, a, had a, actually had a uh, gap in his mind-to-mouth connection. Sometimes his mind would not tell his mouth to be quiet and he would just say things. Y'all might know a couple people like that. Y'all might be living with them, but if you're living with them, just look straight ahead and we, they won't know you're talking or thinking about them, all right? But what God has done is he has taken Peter, Mr. Mouth, Mr. I am the leader, and he caused him to change his mindset. Think about this. God shows you something, and you say, no, Lord, I don't do that. I know y'all don't do that. I've done that many a times. No, Lord, you're not, you're not, no, not me. God had to do it three times with Peter. Now, I grew up in a, in a three-strike household, all right? Mom would tell you once, she warned you the second time, and she grabbing the belt the third time, or whatever was available the third time. I know y'all, the new generation, y'all don't go through that, but we usually got the three strikes, and sometimes, depending on what day it was, you have built up the strikes that you got up, built up from yesterday, it's still waiting on you the next day, so you like, this is my first time, but it, you had to build up. Uh, okay, but the thing that my point is, he had to tell him three times. He knows the voice of the Lord, but he had to tell him three times. He had to get his mind right. Because God was doing a new thing. I love this narrative because it shows you how God is doing things not just in your neighborhood. God is working this thing all the way out. I like to tease folks. I'm like, we only a small corner of the big picture, baby. But in order to get the whole portrait, God has to do some other things. And so we're sitting there trying to get like the Jews and be like, it's all about us. But you're just a spot on the dang on picture, man. Be quiet. You're just a little pixel. Out of 10,000, 10 million pixels, you're the only pixel. And you think you're, you think you're the whole picture. You ain't the whole picture. Just get with it. All right? 
Sorry, sorry. I'm trying not to get on my soapbox today. But this is this is what we have to do. The Jews had these rules. They had these regulations. They had this is what we live. This is how we. And God comes up there and says, "We're not doing it that way no more. We're not doing it no more. Get your mind right. Get your mind right." And then he even had to tell Peter, "Listen, I done sent three guys to come pick you up." God, they Peter would have went with him. Peter would have been like, y'all not Jewish. I ain't going with y'all. He had to show it to him three times. He had to have three guys show up, and Peter was still reluctant. See, it's very easy for us to laugh at Peter, right? But if I put your name in there, then you're going you're gonna to start looking straight ahead because you're going to be mad at me. But I ain't going to call your name out, all right? But we do the same thing. God says, move to South Carolina. And you like, I don't know. I must ate a pork chop and having heartburn tonight. I don't know what's going on. Why? Move to South Carolina. God, I don't know nobody in South Carolina. Then I find out I have a high school friend that's in South Carolina. I have folks that I've associated with, they're now in South Carolina. And I'm still like, Lord, you sure South Carolina? And then we, uh, my friend brought me down through uh, downtown Greenville, and I said, oh, this looks pretty nice. Then we started, we launched the ministry, and I'm still like, Lord, you sure? Are you positive that this is what we're supposed to be doing? The whole time, because God doesn't reveal the entire picture. Because there's processes that you have to go through to prepare you for where he wants you to arrive. See, this is, a, this is the thing we run into. God, just tell me everything. And when he tell you everything, you get too scared. You're like, I can't do that. I can't do, God, no. No. You're talking about me being able to run a business that's going to be nationwide? You're talking about me being able to speak to thousands of people? God, I'm scared to speak in front of two people. How are you going to have me speaking in front of thousands? No, I can't do it. But he shows you a little picture. He says, can you do this? No, Lord, you can't do this. I can't eat none of that, Lord. That's common. That's unclean. How are you going to call unclean what I say is clean? Well, Lord, you know, you know, it, 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 you know, the people say it's unclean. But how can you say it's unclean when I tell you it's not? Because we got to change our mind. We got to get our mind right. And so we see that Cornelius is doing all these good godly things and God says I want to move you from the good godly things that you're doing Cornelius to get into the right relationship with me but in order for me to do this I have to have a person that will convey this to you from someone that has been with my son so this is what we're going to do I want you to send three guys over there into the Jewish territory now you got to remember these are Roman soldiers Roman soldier walking up in there you know the Jews is like I ain't dealing with them. They come and knock on Simon's house. Is Peter here? Peter who? We're told Peter's here. I don't know who you're talking about. Because they see a soldier. They're like, uh-uh-uh. And God, Peter come walking down the steps. He sees three men, and one of them a centurion. I mean, a, a, a soldier, a Roman soldier. Good Lord. Okay, I'm supposed to go with y'all. 
Peter don't know what he's getting ready to get into, but what he gets into, he gets there to Cornelius' house. Now, this is the part that I hadn't read to you, but I, I want you to hear this. He gets to Cornelius' house. He's in the middle of Roman-occupied area. He's in the gar uh, garrison of Roman folks, so he's seeing soldiers all around him. Goes into his house, and Cornelius sees him and says, that's a man of God, and begins to bow down to worship him because he knows he's in the presence of a man of God. Peter says, no, man, get up. Don't be worshiping me. He says, what? 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 This is what happened. P Sir, this is what happened. I've been praying for people. I've been helping people. I've been doing this. And all of a sudden, this angel comes to me and tells me that God has seen what I'm done and needs to move me to another level. And he tells me that he's going to send somebody here. Are you that guy? And the Bible says that Peter got a recollection. His mind got right. He says, this is what that dream was about. That, oh, you know what? I am the guy. I am the one that's going to do this. He said, he begins. Now, now let me tell you what, what Cornelius did, though. Cornelius went and told his mama, his daddy, his grandma, his grandpa. He told, the Bible says he had more folks there. The house was packed with Cornelius' people when Peter gets there. So Peter's able to proclaim the gospel to this entire family, not just to Cornelius, but because of what Cornelius did, it opened up the opportunity for his family, who may not even know what was going on, to hear the gospel, and they were all able to get a new frame of mind in how they did business. <laughs> and so as he's going through, just he only got these few little details, and now he's to this point where he's saying, wow, he's here. And he, this gospel that he, oh, that's what I was missing. And he realizes, now this is, see this, I'm going to mess with some baptism folks for just a moment. So what happened was, is that as he was sitting there, as he was making this declaration, as he was making this proclamation, that it says that the Spirit of God fell on them. Now, they were saying that you had to be baptized before you could be baptized with the Spirit. But God said, yeah, get your mind right. Get your mind right because I'm doing it the way I want it done. So the people that came and escorted Peter sat there and said, look what, look what happened. They got the same thing we got. This must be God. Now remember, the only person that saw the vision was who? Peter. Peter was the only one that saw it. They were just coming along with Peter because Peter said, Come with me because I need to go with these guys. So they got a chance to witness what it was that God was doing. And that's all good. They celebrating. They, they had such a good time. They said, Peter, why don't you stay another couple of days and just tell us about the goodness of God. So Peter does that. They're staying. They're having a great time and everything's going well. But it always come a time when you got to go back to your house. You go back to your house and look at here. You walk up in there and the folks said, 
Peter, we already done heard. I'm in, ch in chapter number 11. Peter, we done already heard. You done went down there and messed with them uncircumcised folk. We ain't even supposed to be fellowshipping with them folks. What you doing with them uncircumcised folks? Peter, what's wrong with you? Peter, uh, Peter, why? Peter, Peter, Peter. Peter says, and y'all know how I do this with Paul. Peter said, all I know, I was standing on top, I was hungry, and I was on top of the roof, and God showed me a vision. He did it three times. And all I know is that this all transpired. Now, they wouldn't have believed Peter. They wouldn't have even liked to have believed Peter. But the people that he took with him validated what he said. So it's sometimes that even the folks that really don't want to be on your side, guess what they have to do? They got to be on their side because the truth is the truth anyhow. I used to tell folks all the time when I was in the military, I used to tell them, the truth always comes out. I said, folks can lie on you, Amen. and the truth will always come out. I had a situation where they said I had did something. I told them, I know I didn't do it. They said, well, everything points to that you did it. I said, I know I didn't do it. They said, well, we need to do an investigation. Do your investigation. And people was like, go get your lawyer. Go. I was like, I don't need no lawyer. The truth always comes out. Oh, sorry, Pender, we're so sorry. Oh, Oh, we found this other paperwork, and thank you. All right, can I go back to work? Because the truth always comes out. Now, before they found that piece of paper, they was like, oh, you're going to get court-martialed, all this other stuff. I ain't, no. And so we go, he goes back to his people. Peter, all happy and excited. And what did they say? <laughs> What was you doing on that other, what was you doing on that side of town? You know we don't associate with them people. What was you doing? What were you doing? You didn't open your mouth again and did something? What, what's going on, Peter? Why is this happening? He says, all I know is I was on top of the roof getting ready for lunch, and I had this vision, and God manifested. And so it caused the, 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 this church, this church in Acts to begin to change how they looked at how they did business. Because they forgot about what Jesus said. He said, I, he said this is what I want y'all to do. I want y'all to go to Jerusalem. I want you to go to Judea. I want you to go to Samaria. And those are all considered Jewish areas. But then he says to the uttermost parts of the world. See, they forgot that he said the uttermost parts. They just thought maybe he, was, he couldn't think of any other city, so they, he just said some <laughs> etc. You know what I'm saying? But he was showing them, no, this is what I mean. I mean the salvation is not just for the Jews. I mean the salvation is for everyone that calls on the name of Christ. If you call on him, he will show up. The Bible says that his ears are not too heavy that he cannot hear you, or his arms too short that he cannot save. Boy, that make you want to run over somebody right there, boy. You can do, you can go, you can be anywhere. David said, if I make my bed in hell, God, you there. If I ascend to the highest points of heaven, God, you are there. He said, where can I go from your presence? 
You can't go nowhere from God's presence. God's presence is everywhere. And so we have to realize that get our mind right. Don't look at the, oh, that just bounced, came in my mind. God says, I need, I need, Saul was not a good king. I need to get a king that's after my own heart. I need to get a king that has my mindset. He says, Saul, I have uh, rejected. I need you to go to Jesse's house. He goes to Jesse's house. The first son he walks up on, he says, oh, he looks good. God, he looks really good. God said, he ain't the one. He said, you look at the outside. I'm looking at the heart. He goes to the other sons. Seven sons. What's going on? God didn't approve none of these. Jesse's like, oh, well, David's out there tending the sheep. David come up in there all stinking and smelling, smelling like sheep. And God, as soon as he walks in the door, God says, that's the one right there. Mine's different. Mine's different. He shows up. David goes over here. And he goes to give his brother some lunch. And Goliath's up there talking junk. And this little old 12, 13-year-old boy talking about, who that talking junk about us? I'm going to go, I'm gonna, who somebody need to whoop him? You know, he over there, and they're just like, David, shut up. David, like, somebody need to put a whooping on him. Come, somebody. And Saul hears him and says, come here, little boy. Let me put my arm on you. No, I can't use your armor. I haven't, I haven't worked with this armor. I, my mind is different. Let me go down by the creek and grab me. Y'all know what a creek is, right? Yeah. All right. I had to remember. I, some folks are from the north, and they might not know. Creek, y'all call it creek, but here, okay, it's a creek. All right. So as we go, as he goes down, he picks up five stones. They say that the other four stones was because he had some brothers, and he wanted, if they should want to show up, he's gonna take care of them too. But his mind was different, and that is what we have to grab hold of. We can't allow what we look at to dictate who we are. We have to look at who God says we are and change our mind to operate how God says, this is how you are. Y'all got to push this in you because you won't have a week break. So, I want us to understand that we got to change our minds. We got to change our minds. We got to change our minds. We got to change our minds because it has to be renewed. It has to be reformed. It has to be renovated so that we can walk, so that we can live, so that we can reflect the glory of God so that people can see and that God, as he's working his mighty portrait, that he can say, oh, okay, this person's now ready. I can go ahead and move them from here to here. And when I move them here, they can affect this amount because while they were there, they can only affect this amount. But now, because they have been faithful over little, now I need to make them ruler over much. But I got to do it in such a way that their mind is changed. Yeah. So I need y'all, I'm pleading with y'all, that you got to get your mind right. you got to get your mind to hear the voice of God. This is not a one-time-a-week thing. This is not a one-time-a-day thing. This is not a one-time-an-hour thing. This is at all times getting your mind stayed on Jesus. You're getting your mind focused on what it is that God's speaking to you about at that time. Why? Because 
everyone is watching you. While you are in this neighborhood watch, you're being aware of everything that's happening around you. You're seeing people that are hurting, that need life spoken into them. All they need you to just say, sometimes a hello will bring deliverance to somebody's life. You don't even know me and you're speaking to me. I tell y'all, this is why it's important that you that have life in you realize, like Jesus told, told that woman, at the well. He said, if you get this water, you ain't going to never come to this well again. We have to change our mind in order to help others to change theirs. My last example. I know we're just now starting back, but if you get on an aircraft, they have a briefing for you. And in that briefing, they say, if the cabin happens to lose pressure, an apparatus is going to fall from the top of the cap. They say, grab that apparatus, put it around your face, snug up the, the, uh, the, uh, the straps, and breathe normally. Now, first of all, I'm telling you right now, when you get a hole in a plane, you're not really going to breathe normally, but they're going to tell you to breathe normally. That's my little side joke on that. They're trying to say breathe normally. You just, I'm just like, you're going to be like, okay, anyway. But the first thing they tell you, if you have children or elderly passengers that need assistance, they say what? Put your mask on first. That is what we have to do. We have to make sure that when we got up this morning, that we made sure our feet, y'all know where I'm at, right? Our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Our breastplate of righteousness is in position. Our helmet of salvation is on. We got our shield of faith. We got our sword of the spirit. We're ready to go out there and do what needs to be done. But we can't go out there talking about, hey, you need to put your shield on. Dude, you butt naked. Don't even be talking to me. We got to get our mind right. We got to be straight. In order to help somebody straight, that drives me crazy when I try to tell folks that I things to do that I ain't doing myself. It drives me crazy. Because I'm like, I'm really talking to myself. I'm not really talking to them. Okay. But there are many people out there just because they're different. Today, if we were to look at this, this would be a situation where a person from Israel is told by God to go into Iraq, no, Iran, and preach the gospel. A person from Israel is told to go into Iran and declare this gospel. The same type of thing. This is the same type of condition where a person who everybody looks at and says they're so diametrically opposed, this shouldn't happen. But God says, you know what? With men, some things are possible. But with God, all things is possible. And so we have to know that when our mind is right, when our mind is in the right position, that we can be more than conquerors. We can be more than victorious. We can be all that God has called for us to do because we got our mind Right. Yes. Amen. Today, 
you may be hearing this word and realize that there are some things that you need to get right. And I want to tell you this. I have heard it all. I've heard people say, you know, I can't accept Jesus because I need to stop smoking. I need to stop drinking. I need to stop chasing women. I need to stop chasing men. I, you can think of a whole herd of things. But let me tell you this. God is willing to accept you right where you are. Because the process of getting our mind right, he helps us to overcome the things that we think are holding us back from being all that he has called for us to be. He wants us to be victorious in every situation. He wants us to have the victory over those things. But you know what? If we had the power to do it, guess what? We would have did it. But he has the power. He has the ability. And as we change our mind to operate in what he has set out for us to do, he will do a great work in us. So whatever it is that you're using or whatever reason that the enemy has brought up to you and told you that it is stopping you or preventing you from asking Jesus into your heart, don't listen to that. It is not a complex thing. The Bible says it like this. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So all it requires is for you to confess with your mouth and to believe. And then the Bible says a couple more scriptures down in that same uh, chapter. It says, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. Now, it didn't say if you drop anything. It didn't say if you stop doing anything. It doesn't say any of that because he loves you unconditionally. He wants you how you are, where you are, because he has a spot for you in his kingdom. And because he has a spot for you in his kingdom, he knows the baggage that you're bringing in. And so come with your baggage. And he is going to help you to overcome. And he says, if you take his yoke upon you, that your burden will be easy and your yoke will be light. If you cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. And so with all that said, we want you today to use today, as, we, as you heard the message talking about getting your mind right. Not listening and being wrapped around what everybody else is saying, but knowing what God has said to you and has shown you. And use that in order to be a witness of his kingdom. If you make that decision today, we would love for you to get in contact with us at info at godshousecc.com that we may provide you with additional guidance, additional help, additional assistance along this walk because this is not an individual event. This is a team, a team event. This is why we're talking about Neighborhood Watch. We're watching out for one another and we are believing that wherever you are, you are our neighbor. So again, if you have made that decision for today, let us know at uh, info at godshousecc.com. And we will get back with you and assist you along this journey. Well, friends and family, that's all we have for this week. Don't listen to the haters. Don't listen to those that don't know. 
No, stand on what you know and what God has shown you. Amen. And when he shows you, guess what? They can't take your vision. Amen. Because you guess what? You don't need your eyes to see a vision. You don't need your eyes to see a vision. God will put it in your spirit and you will see it just as if it's happening right in front of you at the very moment. Amen. And all we need to do is walk in it and we can change a whole community just by being where God wants us to be. Amen. So with that said, get your mind right. Get your mind right. Until next week, as, uh, until next time, God's blessings be upon you. In Jesus' name.